Profit and Sustainability with Kevin James. And good afternoon to you, uh, Kevin James. Are you good? Yes, uh, Ernest, all good. And, and, and fond regards to you and your team in the studio there. Oh, fantastic. It's all good all round in studio here. Now, uh, last week, Kevin, we spoke to you at the uh, Sustainability uh, in the Resource Sector Summit that was happening at the JSE. Uh, please share your thoughts and insights on where the mining sector, for instance, is at the moment with respect to sustainability. Thanks, Ernest. So, yes, it was a very well-run event uh, by an outfit called Blank Canvas International. Very interesting initiatives and innovations presented there by, I have to say, very dynamic people. Mostly suppliers to the mining industry, though, Ernest, and not a lot of mining companies there. Although I did have a chat with Sipo Nkosi, the Xaro CEO, who's uh, moving on next year uh, into his retirement, Mm -hmm. which I thought was quite impressive for a man of that stature to actually be sitting in the auditorium. Difficult climate, Ernest. Uh, probably the big reason is that commodity prices are still uh, suppressed. They have not improved. In fact, they've probably just gotten tighter, and uh, mining companies are finding it difficult to justify the, indis- the extra spend or the discretionary spend, as they would probably call it, on social and environmental strategies at this stage, mm-hmm. which is a huge pity, as actually this is the time that a huge economic impact is required and can be achieved by embracing authentic sustainability. So despite the knowledge that the mining traditionally has been a very, very negative, uh, uh, has had a very negative impact on society and the environment, we cannot live without the sector. We rely on mined minerals in almost every aspect of our lives. So we can't be hypocritical and say it must go away. But moving forward, miners have to put in place plans that benefit society in an authentic way during the life of the mine, and more importantly, beyond the life of the, uh, of, of the mine and its closure, mm-hmm. so that they can actually put back more into the environment uh, once the life of the mine is over. And all of this is possible, but requires very, very upfront, uh, careful upfront planning that involves close alignment. And I've always said this, between not only mining, the one primary industry, but also the other one, agriculture, so that communities can benefit economically, not just from the jobs in the mines, but also through food and energy sovereignty and sustainable livelihoods beyond the life of the mine. So, you know, this will give the miner license to operate, social license to operate, which was a big buzzword at the conference and being able to do what they do in new territories, but also ensure harmony in South African and African mines where communities don't feel that they're being exploited as they have been in the last couple of decades by the sector as the social and environmental pressure cooker uh, becomes greater and more efficient and valuable enterprises emerge. So trouble is right now, miners are so stressed with low prices, high levels of debt, that this is a tough discussion. But given the quality of the innovations and the strategies presented at the summit, I'm a firm believer that now is the time for mining houses to dive in and invest in this very, very exciting space. And maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. I hope so, Ernest. Mm, pun, pun intended.